If you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that um, as a church, we've been thinking about how our vision statement of love God, love people, make a difference. We know that, don't we? Mike drills us with that most weeks, and we should all be able to recite it, and if we don't, and he gets, he gets a bit grouchy, no, he doesn't get grouchy. But that's our vision statement, and we've been thinking for the last few weeks um, about what that means for us in this current season. And as a church, we've been in this process, if you, if you know about this, we've been in the process for a little while of discerning what that looks like. And, um, and Mike spoke a few weeks ago actually about the fact that this is um, a time when God, we believe God is calling us to see transformation and to be part of transforming Guildford and beyond. And we want to see the kingdom of God break out. We want it to be outside the walls of this church. We want to see people coming to know Jesus, don't we? Yes? Yes. Yeah, we awake, yeah? We want, to see, we want to see big things happen. We want to see justice. We want to see people's lives being changed. And we want to see, um, yeah, God's kingdom come in amazing new ways. So that's the big picture. And we've been thinking about how, what does that mean for us? How do we do that? What are our priorities? And a few weeks ago, Mike spoke about we need to shine brightly. We need to be people who are sharing Jesus in what we say, in what we do, in how we act, in the words that we speak. Because this is good news. And we have, the, um, we have not only the opportunity, but we have the command to go out and share that good news with the world. And we need to shine brightly for Jesus. Last week, we looked at another way we put this into practice, and that is about building family. And Yen spoke to us, if you remember last week, about that. And it's the idea that we come to church in, from different backgrounds, in different life situations, with different experiences. But this is our church family. We are brothers and sisters with one another. And we look different. We have lots, lots in common, but lots of differences as well. But God welcomes each one of us. Each one of us belongs. And we need to extend that welcome to everyone we meet and in the way that we do life together. And today I'm talking about the third part of how we put this transformation that we have a desire to see into practice. And that is about, as Mike said, living courageously. Living courageously. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Now I wonder, what is the bravest thing that you have ever done? I asked some people on the Women's Weekend about this. Some were unsure of what to say. Um, some had a kind of a quick answer. But um, yeah, I wonder what it is for you. For me, it's all to do with the fact that I am absolutely terrified of heights. Um, I get nervous if I'm standing on a chair. Um, I get a bit anxious if I'm walking upstairs, to be honest. I hold, I'm always holding onto the banister. I'm a bit unsure on my feet. Walking over bridges, don't like that either. No, not a good thing. And um, if you've ever been to one of those children's soft play centers, has anyone been to those? You know, they're lots of craziness. Anyway, they have sometimes those death, they call them death slides, it's not helpful. Um, <laughs> those slides that are kind of a bit of a sheer drop. Do we know, do I know, do you, yeah, do we know what we're talking about? Um, I went to one recently and I sat on the edge for an embarrassing amount of time just going, I can do it, no I can't, I can do it, no I can't. There's this queue of small children waiting just to shoot themselves off. It's about half an hour of me sitting there, it was very embarrassing. Anyway, 
I'm terrified of heights, that's the point. But I do think that this has stood me in good stead because as well as being terrified of heights, I'm also very clumsy and accident prone. So if you put those two things together, it's probably kept me alive and done me quite well to this point. The fact that I'm actually kind of going to stay away from edges and that kind of thing. Anyway, that in mind, it might be quite surprising to you the fact that about 10 years ago, I did a sponsored skydive. Can you believe it? There's a picture to prove it. And more courageous than the sponsored skydive is the fact I'm putting a picture up there. You can't really see. I had a terrible haircut at the time, and it's very courageous of me to let you see a photo of my hair about 10 years ago. No, awful. Anyway, so I was doing this sponsored skydive. I was in this plane. I was strapped to this guy. It was a tandem one. I wasn't going to go by myself. Um, we're in this plane, and a plane takes half an hour to circle higher and higher. If anyone else has done this, they'll know. Higher and higher and higher. And I'm getting more and more and more nervous. And I was thinking, what have I done? And I'm strapped. So I feel a bit trapped. And I'm thinking, okay, what will happen is the first pair will go, and then I'll start protesting. I don't think I can do it. I'm very nervous. I don't think this is right. I'm too scared. You know, like I am under death slide thing. I'm going to take my time. And I was thinking, if I take enough time over protesting about this, then the plane might start running out of fuel and think, actually, we need to go back down and I don't have to do the jump. What I did not realize is that when you do a tandem skydive, as a tandem-e, you don't have choice as to when or how you exit the plane. It happens. Boom, you're out. 120 miles an hour, falling through the air. I didn't see anything until... I was proved that the parachute did actually work, and there I was, suddenly, I was like, oh, okay, this is a bit better. We managed to get down to the ground, fell over, embarrassingly, um, but I did it, and I will never do it again, but I did it. And so I was quite proud of myself, quite brave, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this whole area of courage, and for me, at the time, yes, it was quite brave, I think, you know, a bit scared of heights, blah, blah, blah. But actually, when I look at the world around me, and I look at our church family as well, I'm like, how does that compare? How does my bravery compare to other examples that we see? How does it compare, for example, to being a 16-year-old girl who goes and sits outside her national parliament week in, week out, protesting about something that she believes passionately about, with no support, or very little, a lot of abuse. Um, but she's prepared to do that anyway because of what she believes in. Or how does it compare to deciding to set up a business by yourself? You've got no support, no backing, little interest, but you're going to give it a go because you're really passionate about what you want to, to sell, what you want to do. Or how does it compare to um, sitting with your spouse as they write their will because they've got terminal cancer? Or how does it compare to exercising in public for the first time in a really long time despite not having any confidence about how you look or what your ability is? Or how does it compare to phoning a friend who has just watched a family member die? Or how does it compare to telling someone that you love them for the first time, not sure if they will say it back? Or how does it compare to writing a piece of music or art or poetry and sharing it with your family and friends? 
You see, I think being brave, being courageous, doesn't always happen in spectacular ways. It often happens in these everyday ways, in these normal moments where we choose to expose ourselves and let our vulnerabilities out and put them on display for the whole world to see and just choose to be courageous. And you know, I don't, I don't know how courageous you feel that you are. Maybe you feel you're really courageous, maybe not. But often, that's because we're comparing it to someone else. We're comparing our ability to be courageous with the person next to us. But the word courage comes from an old French word to do with the heart. So you see, courage is a matter of the heart. And because it's a matter of the heart, it is dependent on each of us individually. And it is different for each of us individually. What is courageous for you might not be particularly courageous for me, and vice versa. We're all different. And that's because we're unique. God has created us different, special, unique. We have a part to play. We have a function. We have a calling that God has placed on our lives. And this links to what the Bible passage I want us to look at this evening, which is from the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to a church which is very different from St. Saviour's because it's very dysfunctional. And it is full of people who are um, trying to lord it over other people, people who think that they're better than other people, people who have a lot of conflict. Um, There's a lot of um, interesting behaviour going on if you read the book of 1 Corinthians. There's some quite shocking stuff going on there as well. And basically, it's quite dysfunctional. And it's not a safe environment. It's not a safe environment for people to try something new, for people to be courageous, to take a step out of their comfort zone. And it's not a safe environment for people to feel encouraged by the other members of the church to give their gifts and their talents a go. And so Paul is writing to this church and he says the following. It's, we're reading from 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. It'll appear on the screen. So he says... Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many." Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. 
But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, the whole, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So, there's quite a lot there going on. Paul's got, got these bit parts of the body talking to one another. Um, but his main point here is that we are the body of Christ. And I want us to dwell on that for a little bit. You are the body of Christ. Now, we might have heard that phrase a lot of times before, but I want us to think about the fact that what it means is, regardless of how we feel, Regardless of our experience to date, regardless of how other people treat us, we all belong. Even if we've got less than obvious gifts or skills or talents, we all belong. And that's what Jens was talking about last week, isn't it? We belong not because of who we are. We belong because of who God is and what God has done in Jesus. And because we are all part of the body of Christ, we all have a function. We all have a role, a part to play within the body. And you know that requires something of us. It actually requires us to show up, to get involved, to get stuck in, and to be courageous. But it looks different for each one of us. And I really love that image that Paul uses of the body because I'm not a very good abstract thinker. I like to think in real terms. I can picture a body, you know, from science lessons at school when you've got it cut open and all the organs lovely on display. And you can tell in that picture of the body that every part is reliant on um, every other part in order to work properly. If I remember my biology lessons, you know, these, everything relies on everything else if, if it's going to work well. And that means, and I, even I can work this out as a non-scientist, that not only do we need the obvious big organs, the brain, the heart, the, um, the lungs, but actually, if we don't have intestines that work properly, if we don't have kidneys, if we don't actually have eyebrows or um, eyelashes or nose hairs, you know, all of those things, cuticles, actually they're needed if the body is going to function as well as it possibly can. Everything is needed. Everything is important. And it's the same in the church. You know, if the preacher or the, the worship leader or the service leader didn't show up, it would be quite obvious, we'd all go home early, great, but actually, it's not just about that. We would suffer as a church family if we didn't have enough people to run our additional needs ministry. We would suffer if we didn't have enough mentors for our students um, who are coming to Guildford and starting new universities for the first, uh, new university courses for the first time or returning to Guildford. We would suffer if there weren't enough people on our host team to welcome people in the way we would love to welcome each person that comes in our church. We need every role, we need all the behind the scenes stuff if our church is gonna flourish and thrive thrive in the way that God wants it to. Now, for some of us here today, 
we might know quite clearly what it is that God's role for us looks like. You know, we know that God has given us certain gifts and skills and we've got an opportunity to use them and we're doing that and we're being courageous with that and we're taking a step out. That's brilliant. I really want to encourage you if that is you. Well done. Keep going. We're behind you. We support you and we want you to thrive. But you might be sitting there um, thinking, I'm too scared, actually. I... I don't know how to get stuck in. I'm not sure I want to. What if, what if, what if um, people reject me? Uh, They don't like what I've got to offer. What if, um, you know, I fail? I give it a go and it goes wrong. What if um, I'm not needed? Uh, And we might get anxious about that. I'm not needed, I'm not wanted. What I have isn't going to count, isn't going to matter. But we might also be sitting here this evening thinking, I don't actually know what it is. I don't know what my gifts, my skills, my part to play in the body actually looks like. I don't know. But the truth that Paul spells out is that each of us does have a role, and God has given the Holy Spirit to equip us to carry that role out. So if you are in that category, if you're not sure what it is, I'm going to encourage you this evening to do two things, okay? And you might already be doing these two things, but it's it's just an encouragement for us. And the first thing is that I would love you to join a pod. One of our places of discipleship are our small groups at St. Saviour's. And we've got a whole range of them, different groups, different ages meet, different days, different demographics, different locations. But they all meet with the aim to share with one another to encourage one another, to study together, to pray together, and to live out the journey of faith together. Because, you know, we're a relatively big church here. We can't do that on a Sunday. We can't share with one another. We can't go deep in those relationships when we gather together on a Sunday. We do that in a midweek context, in a pod, where we get to really learn, what does it look like to put my faith into practice? What does it actually mean for me in my workplace or in my school or at university to put my faith into practice and to follow Jesus? And that's where, in those contexts, that we get to really know one another, know how each other ticks, know how we're wired, and maybe all differently. And also, it's in those groups, in those smaller groups, where we can say to someone else, do you know what, I think that God is calling you to do this. I see these gifts and skills in you. And I'm calling that out in you even when you can't see it for yourself. And it's in that, those relationships that we can do that really well. And it takes courage. It takes courage to tell people your story. It takes courage to tell people about your struggles and to be real and to be honest with a group of other people. I would much rather pretend like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm living a brilliant life, I'm in Surrey, no one actually complains about everything, we're all really good, aren't we? We've got a good middle class facade for the most part, you know, we do that very well. Actually, to let go of that and to go deep requires vulnerability, it requires courage. 
to say to people, do you know what, I've cried twice this week, I've got a lot of anxious thoughts in my head, and I'm quite confused and upset about this, that, and the other. It takes bravery, it takes courage. But that is the context where we learn, where we grow, where we share with one another, and we really go deep. And this term, our pods are looking at discipleship. What does it mean to put our faith into practice? And we're going to encourage each other to do that. And they're also going to be looking at um, spiritual gifts in particular. And we're going to have an opportunity to investigate what they might be, maybe for the first time, or maybe to remind ourselves of what they are and say to one another, give it a go. I feel that God has placed this call on your life. Why don't you think about doing this, that, and the other and pray for one another to actually have the courage to do that. So join a pod, and I'd love you, um, if you're interested, to come and speak to me, email me, um, if, you're, if you want to do that. And that leads to the second thing. The second way we can put this into practice is to practice, is to actually give it a go. Maybe God is stirring something on your heart already. It might be for the church, in, inside St. Saviour's. It might be out there in your workplace, in your school, in your college, wherever. Give it a go. Maybe God is stirring something in your heart and you have been telling yourself, no, 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 not me. I'm not the right person for that. Or you've been telling yourself, "Um, I'd love to, but um, no one's asked me, so I'm not going to do it until someone asks me. Or maybe you're telling yourself, I don't have the confidence for that. That's not the kind of thing that people like me do. Well, none of us start off as perfect experts, so just give it a go. I remember the first time I spoke, um, I did a, a, did a talk, I can't really call it a sermon, I did a talk in church. It was a Sunday afternoon, there were six kind of 12-year-old boys sitting there, and my friends who'd been encouraging me for a long time to do this. So these boys, I was going to do this talk, it was short, I was going to make it really interesting and engaging, but I was also incredibly nervous. Never done this before, I felt very vulnerable, very exposed. (sighs) Scary times. Anyway, got up, about to do this talk. It went terribly. It went so badly. The boys, one of them walked out, and they started messing around, I think they got their phones out, started playing football, I think. Anyway, it went really, really badly. But I gave it a go, and I never knew where it would land me, where I would end up, but I gave it a go. And similarly, as a church, we're doing that in a bigger way. We have a heart to see young people across Guildford come to know the good news of Jesus. We really believe passionately that they need to hear the good news of Jesus. And so Tribe has been dreamed up, our youth initiative happening on a Thursday night, and I know lots of people are involved in that. And we're opening up our doors to whoever comes in, and we're saying, look, you're welcome, here's a space, we'd love to get to know you, we want to share Jesus with you ultimately. And actually the early signs are it's been going quite well. Well done for team who've been um, involved in that. But you know what? It might not work. We might not, through tribe, see young people in Guildford come to know Jesus who don't already. We might not. It's a risk. And it's a risk we're willing to take as a church. We're willing to back and support. We put resource and time and money into it. Because we know that if we don't do something like this, it definitely won't work. And that's true for us individually. You might fail if you take a step out of your comfort zone, if you try the brave, courageous thing that God's put on your heart. You might fail. 
But if you don't do it, you'll definitely fail. That's guaranteed. And so we all need to get stuck in and play our part and give it a go and be okay with the idea it might not work out. Now, what does that mean in practice? Well, it might mean joining one of the teams that we have um, here as a church. And we've got a page on our website with a list of all the different ways that you could get involved in making our services happen, supporting our midweek ministries, helping in our various groups. We'd love you to get stuck in to that and have a look on the website. We would love that very much indeed. But we also know that God's kingdom is bigger than St. Saviour's isn't it? God's kingdom is bigger, it is wider, it is broader than our church. And so maybe God is calling you to make a difference in your community, with your friends, with your family, with your peers, with your colleagues at school. Maybe God is calling you to make some big life-shaping decisions. But actually, maybe for you, courage looks a bit different. Maybe courage is getting a group of people together in your school or college or wherever you're at and committing to pray every day for your friends to come to know Jesus. Maybe courage looks like going and befriending your lonely neighbor down the street. Maybe it looks like baking cakes and just being generous um, in your local school or, or GP surgery. Or I don't know. I don't know what courage looks like to you. But God is wanting to prompt you and challenge you and speak to you about this. And remember that what, what Paul said was that in, in the body of Christ, it doesn't matter. It's not about size. Size doesn't matter. We're all reliant on one another. And actually, the weaker parts need honoring more than those that are stronger. So we're all needed. Everything is necessary. We all have a part to play. And if we want to see Guildford and Beyond transformed, which we do, don't we? Yeah, we're still awake. We're still there. Good. We need to be courageous. We need to step out. We need to be brave and bold. And we also need to know that we're not on our own. God's given us Jesus. God's given us the Holy Spirit. So we don't do this by ourselves. And that is my encouragement to you this evening. We're not doing this by ourselves, but let's get stuck in. And I just want to finish with a poem. This poem was written about 500 years ago. Um, by St. Teresa, her name is Teresa of Avila, and she says the following, it's going to come up on the slide. She says, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ looks compassion into the world. Yours are the feet with which Christ walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which Christ blesses the world. This is about us, this is about all of us. This is how Jesus is going to transform the world. So I'm, I'm just asking you this evening, are you up for it? Yes. Yes. Are we up for this? Brilliant. I'm going to hand back to, um, to Mike and the team. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Thank you, Mike.